0: It's the story that refuses to go away. The Big 12 versus the Pac-12. Dennis Dodd with the latest salvo from the Big 12 side of things. We'll dig into that. Also, had a chance to catch up with one of our practice insiders, get you some details from BYU spring ball early on. Got a lot to cover, not a lot of time to do it, so let's get right to it on Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Excuse the crack of my voice there, but nonetheless, big thank you for joining us every single day right here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Today's title sponsor is our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash today. To get started, all right, let's dive right in on today's show and talk a little BYU football. I anticipated originally playing a one-on-one that I had with Malik more on today's show, but got a phone call yesterday from a dear friend who is a what I, we like to call on the podcast one of our practice insiders. They get to attend the entirety of practice and they speak to me on the condition of anonymity, obviously to protect themselves and also uh, protect the information that they share. So it's quote-unquote sources say, but uh, track record on these is impeccable. But the biggest thing I wanted to pass along to you today, based off that conversation, is that day one, uh, during the media portion of practice we were able to watch, and uh, we will be out there again this evening. 5 o'clock Mountain Time is when the media corps is expected to be able to watch uh, some more BYU practice this evening. But coming out of Wednesday's practice is is more of the message, is that after Monday, I came away fairly impressed with what Keaton Slovis showed. Was he perfect? No, but it's the first day of practice, and he admitted as much in his post-practice interview. He said that it was very much a first day, and Aaron Roderick said the same thing. It very much looked like day one, but he made some pretty gorgeous throws, especially a deep ball to Dom Henry that he dropped right into the bread basket 40 some odd yards. Really, really phenomenal throw, and showed off his ability to attack all parts of the field. And that's one thing that Aaron Roderick's offense is always going to ask of its quarterbacks: is the ability to get the ball downfield. They will dink and dunk at times. They'll they'll drop it off to a back coming out of the backfield, or the one of the hitch routes. Uh, what do they call them? Stick routes for a, a, a receiver on the short end. If that deep ball isn't available, but if that ball is available to you, that deep ball, Aaron Roderick wants you to make the decision, tap it and go. And that's the one thing that Keenan Slovis has on Monday. But having a conversation like I said with one of the people that feeds me intel from BYU from Wednesday's practice is that he looked even better during Wednesday's practice. He has looked like a guy who has come in and really embraced what BYU's offense is going to be. He understands what the nuances of it. Uh, the way they described it to me is he looks more like a guy who's been in the system for more than just three months now. That, and that should be very, very encouraging to you as a Cougar fan to hear about the new transfer quarterback who came to BYU in late December And by early March, he is right now on paper the number one guy. He is the guy for BYU at quarterback. And obviously, BYU's best hope for success, whatever you define that as, in the Big 12 this season is going to be reliant upon him or whoever else might take over at quarterback being a difference maker for the Cougars. We know the history of BYU football over the past 50-plus years is when BYU has their most success as a football program, it's when they have a dominant quarterback at the controls of their offense. The last three or four years they've been lucky enough to have two NFL quarterbacks in Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall and they've been very very good in those roles. Well Keaton Slovis figures to be the next guy. He wants to be the next guy to lead BYU to success and obviously he is coming in with the anticipation that BYU can help boost his draft stock to get himself into the league next year. So uh, this is a symbiotic relationship between BYU and Keaton Slovis. He's got one year to get it right in the BYU offense, but at least the early returns, and that that, that should encourage you as a Cougar fan, the early returns are that he is fitting in just fine, he understands the offense, and he looks like a quarterback who's been running this offense far longer than he actually has. And that... That gives me a bullish feeling about this. But obviously, we're now, uh, this will be day three of BYU Spring Ball. Uh, today's practice will actually uh, be the first one, if I'm not mistaken, that they will be able to put on uh, shoulder pads and really get after it. But looking forward uh, to seeing a little more practice. And of course, I'll be able to share more about what I took away on our next edition of Locked On Cougars. Now, the other uh, tidbit I was going to pass along from my conversation was that the defensive line is obviously a BYU, got a lot of question marks. And uh, Chris Hummer from 24 7 Sports. I uh, wrote a piece recently about the burning questions for each Big 12 team. And the BYU Cougars question that he asked, can the defensive line improve? And he says this. BYU's defensive front has been an issue for a few seasons, uh, peaking last year as the Cougars finished 97th nationally in yards per rush and 94th nationally in PFF's pass rush metric. There are big changes in Provo with BYU adding former Weber State head coach Jay Hills, the defensive coordinator. He will be tasked with fixing a that went from 8th nationally in yards allowed per play to 20, in 2020 to 96th last year. Any progress for BYU's defense starts up front. He says the Cougars are in decent shape on the edge. Tyler Batty is a standout on one side, and he'll be flanked by the experienced combo of John Nelson and, I- and Boise State transfer Isaiah Banya on the other. It's the interior of the line that's a concern. BYU is hoping that another Broncos transfer, Jackson Cravens, can be a stabilizing presence at defensive tackle. The other, other interior spot go to to go could go to a number of players. He says last year's starter Caden Haas needs to take a d- big step to retain his spot. Perhaps Judico transfer David Latu steps in and provides relief or somebody like Atunai Mahé, or Hunter Greer takes a step forward. I can tell you one thing. Hunter Greer is not on the roster right now, and I don't know what his status is. hoping to get some clarification on that, so you can cross him off the list for the time being. But uh, off that, I was obviously planning on talking about that question, but uh, I got some good news from that conversation I had yesterday with my friend, and we were talking about this, and they believe the BYU's defensive line, especially on the interior of the defensive line, guys like Caden Hawes and especially Atunai Mahé. They should be actually better, in theory, in this new defense that BYU is running. The old defense asked for those guys to do what uh, Kairos Tonga did and essentially just eat up as many blockers as you possibly can, take on double and triple teams, and make it so that linebackers, other players on the defense can go and make the plays. It's a selfless uh, sacrifice you have to make in the old system of BYU's defense. This new defense, what Jay Hill is going to run, the defensive line, yes, the interior is going to be asked to... uh, clog up the holes clog up the middle of that defensive line but they're also being given an opportunity to make more plays and guys like Atunay mahe and Caden Haas while they may not be the space eater that a guy like Kairos Tonga is they are very capable when given opportunities to maybe get a one-on-one every now and again or beat somebody off the edge or not off the edge but beat somebody off their inside or outside shoulder using their leverage that is something this BYU defensive line is going to afford them to do I think that Jackson Craven is going to start for BYU, and I expect that David Law to, once he arrives in Provo, uh, he will be arriving this summer as a a junior college transfer. I assume that he'll be pushing for playing time, if not a starting job, right away for BYU. He's a very talented player coming out of the junior college ranks down there at Snow College, and there's a reason why BYU ponied up to give the junior college All-American a scholarship. They think he has got the capability of being at least a two-deep guy, if not an outright starter for the Cougars. So I'm a little more... um, I guess not as uh, concerned about BYU's defensive line as I was going into spring ball, but let me just reiterate one more time. We're two days in, folks, three days uh, today, and obviously there's 15 total practices to go over the next month plus. A lot can change between now and then, but uh, the hope is and the expectation is that this new defense maybe gives some of these new, I guess not new, but these defensive linemen at BYU that have had a pretty rough go of it the last couple of years because as we said, they went from eighth nationally in yards per play on defense in 2020 and sunk to 96th this past year when you're 97th in rush rate, uh, 94th in pass rush. You're just not doing things the way that you're expected to. But this new defense, at least, in theory, gives them a new lease on life. And we'll find out more about that, but very much looking forward to it. The other uh, quick thing is that BYU has announced uh, the celebrity rosters, I guess you'd say the former player rosters, for their alumni game coming up on March 31st. should be a fun day. We'll break more of those down uh, later on on today's show. But coming up next, need to talk a little bit about the latest salvo in the Pac-12 versus the Big 12. They go back and forth, kind of lobbing grenades at each other, trying to essentially destabilize one another, it feels like, in so many ways. Well, Dennis Dodd has the latest. We'll get to that here in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. And FanDuel's been with us for quite some time, my friends, and absolutely love being with them. The best part is, with the NBA season coming down to the stretch run, and of course, March Madness is here, it's now the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports sportsbook because you get, as a new customer, a no sweat first bet that gives you money back, in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. It's actually a really really fun way to get into the business. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. It's safe, secure and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes, drain and anything beyond that. Whatever you have a desire to do, spread, money line totals, player points, rebounds, assists, uh, some of their fun exclusive bets that they have at FanDuel. It's all available to you now. The best part is FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get started with your no sweat first bet today with our friends at FanDuel by going to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more now. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. It is now the perfect time to open a low-rate home equity line of credit from our friends at UCCU. Over time, the value of your home goes up. As you make payments on the balance, your UO goes down. The space in between is called equity, and it's yours, my friends. A UCCU home equity line of credit can put that equity to work for you, like finishing your basement or your yard or raising your home's value or paying off high-interest loans and getting out of debt faster or helping out with college funds or a wedding even or peace of mind just knowing that you have a low-rate line of credit ready for whatever – Whenever UCCU will also provide you with your very own home equity Visa card, giving you instant access to your equity. If you already have a home equity line with another financial institution, just refinance with UCCU and save. To learn more or to get your application started today, visit uccu.com or stop by any branch. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, my friends. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast here on the Locked On College channel. It's Locked On College Basketball. A great time of year to be tuning into it. It's everything you know about college hoops with March Madness ongoing. The tournament's just a a week away, roughly. If You want to get up to speed on all of it? Uh, check that out. It's locked on college basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, diving back in here for just a moment, we need to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, with BYU and obviously the Big Twelve because the ongoing question is what is the Pac-12 ultimately going to do? And the Pac-12 essentially gone radio silent, and there are uh, people over there that are on that side of the aisle. And I, I've kind of de- I've decided this is essentially we got like a demo. Democrats versus Republicans thing going on with the Big 12 and the Pac-12. And I, what I mean by that is media members who, in theory, that, let me just say this, in theory, are quote-unquote homers for either side, are kind of lobbying like grenades or salvos at one another. The latest one comes by, via the desk of Dennis Dodd. And I, I've got to say this. Dennis Dodd is one of my favorite college football writers out there. He's been on my radio show multiple times, always brings uh, good intel to the business. And he wrote a piece uh, yesterday actually coming 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 out of the first day of the Big 12 basketball tournament, uh, saying that uh, Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, has plans to continue to expand the Big 12. There's there's nothing new in this news. Let me be very clear about this. The news out there is, okay, the Pac-12 believes that they are committed to one another. John Canzano, who is, according to most people, a Pac-12 apologist, whatever uh, you think, he is saying that the the Pac-12 schools, or the 10 schools that are remaining in the conference beyond 2024, are, quote, committed to one another and working towards getting a new deal done. Meanwhile, the Big 12 over here, with Brett Yormark, apparently... They want to destabilize that and pick off one, two, or four, or even more of these Pac-12 schools and make themselves into a super conference. So who ultimately is going to be right? That is the stakes that are they're kind of at hand here. And that's the thing about this. This makes me chuckle to no end about what's going on with this because you've got people in Big 12 country and people in Pac-12 country who are saying, well, you're just saying that because you're a homer for this. And, well, you're just saying that because you believe, okay, hey, you know what? The simple fact of the matter is the longer this goes on for the Pac-12, the longer this drags out, Jason shear who is a guy that is in the conference, in the Pac-12, said that no uh, money figures were presented in their meet last meeting on Tuesday earlier this week. They don't have a hard and fast dollar figure out there. They've got uh, two of their university presidents have gone on the record recently saying that they expect this to be wrapped up potentially by the end of this month, if not early next month. Uh, who knows when it ultimately comes to an end. But as this continues to to drag on and on And on, guess what? More and more sources are going to keep talking and keep feeding information. You can think that this is information that's being fed to whatever uh, college football writer you happen to be reading at the time and uh, I would obviously caution you guys to anticipate or at least think about why that information is coming via that person. Why would an entity, a quote-unquote anonymous source, why would they want that information out there? The biggest thing for the Big 12 is they want to expand. Brett Yormark has made it very clear that he anticipates jumping in to the West Coast, making that fourth time zone a very real reality. BYU right now holds that down, but they want more schools out of that. Could the Arizona schools be that? Could Colorado be that? Could San Diego State be that? Could the big fish in Oregon and Washington fill that void? Only time will tell, but the biggest thing is Bill Self, Kansas uh, basketball coach, says whatever there is to make our product better, let's do it. From a promotional standpoint, anything that is doable he'll do, speaking of Brett Yormark. The other thing about this is that Brett Yormark is a guy that has not been uh, shy about saying what he wants to do. According to Dennis Dodd, the Pac-12's four corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado and Utah, there have been, quote, weekly conversations between the Big 12 and those four programs as talks have heated up. One, league. Insider Tells CBS Sports. Is that one person from the Big 12 office telling Dennis Dodd that? Maybe so, but nonetheless these conversations are going on. You can expect as they continue to go on until the Pac-12 says, hey, we're excited to announce. We have quote-unquote consummated, which was the dumbest word that could ever come up with in that statement. We have consummated a new media rights deal. Then finally things will die down or in the end will Brett Yormark prevail with his ambition of building the big 12 into a true national conference and making that fourth TV window, even more of reality and having the stretch and the reach of the big 12 stretch from the East coast with UCF and West Virginia, all the way to the West coast, potentially with what San Diego state, the Arizona schools on down the list. The other thing about this is, is that uh, to me, uh, excuse me, uh, Bill self said of Arizona to me, that is the one we have to get. From Jerome Tang, Kansas State head coach. I've always thought about the Arizona schools, Colorado, and Utah are a natural fit for us. Who doesn't want to visit Arizona? They've got coaches now in the Big 12, something for this. They're on the record, folks. These are guys that are not hiding their name, their face. They're not in a shadowy back room with uh, being a deep throat that's feeding information to Dennis Dodd. The biggest thing about this is it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting thing because we're, like, we're setting up here, really. Really? We're setting up on two sides, and that's why I kind of use the Democrats and the Republican analogy. I'm, I, I I'm trying. I stay apolitical on this podcast as much as possible, but you can. I think you can see what I'm talking about here. On one side, you've got the Big Twelve who is saying we want to expand, we want to get onto the West Coast, we want to hone in on what the Pac-12 is doing. Meanwhile, the Pac-12 over here on the other side is saying, no, we're we're very much committed to one one another. We're going to stick together, and we're we're going to we're going to make sure that we we make a good run of this. Who ultimately is going to be right? Because it really feels like those are the inevitable two things: either the Big Twelve prevails and lands a knockout punch on the Pac-12, or the Pac-12 holds on for dear life by the skin of their teeth and scrapes through with some media rights deal and makes a go of it for the next however four, five, six years, whatever it might be for that grant of rights media rights deal that they that they compile. It's going to be a very very interesting thing to continue to, to monitor because, I, like I said, I I don't know where it ultimately lands, but it feels like we're coming down to essentially it's going one way or the other and there's going to be a lot, whole lot of gloating on on either side of whoever prevails in the end. My personal gut feeling is that the Pac-12 does stick together for now, but down the road, 345 years, whenever that new meteorite still runs out that's when you probably could see a little more of a shakeup. Maybe the Pac-12 ultimately gets that knockout punch. It, it may go that long, but it's an interesting, interesting ongoing thing that I, I, for one, cannot wait to see it all play out in real time. And, of course, we'll continue to keep you updated on anything that happens on that front because as we continue to kind of talk about this, like I said, the more this drags on, you're just going to see this go on and on and more and more of these uh, Anonymous sources are going to keep speaking out. So, uh, Keep your eye on it. And obviously, we'll continue to monitor here on Locked On Cougars as well. All right, before we go on today's show, as I mentioned, we'll run down uh, the celebrity rosters or the alumni rosters for the BYU alumni game coming up at the end of the month. Also need to kick off a look back at the 2014 season and our 155-game look back of BYU's independent football era. And also, an update on BYU baseball. They did not play a game yesterday due to inclement weather out there in the Midwest. Where can you find them in action? We'll get to all of that in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at Built. Bar. Now, built Bar's been with us for, man, I don't know, three years, if not longer than that here on the Locked On Podcast Network. The best part is if you're looking for a delicious treat and something that tastes like a candy bar, if you don't want all the fat and calories that come from those regular candy bars, then you got to try a built Bar. Their macros are absolutely incredible. The best part is they start with the best on the outside, and that's 100% real chocolate on the outside of every built Bar. You can't beat that, my friends. It's an incredible thing. The best part is they've got a number of different flavors out there. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, some of my. Favorites. I actually uh, have a pack that I've hel- held on to for the last couple of months of a, um, a Snickerdoodle flavor they put out over the holiday season. It's absolute money, my friends. And the best part is they also have some BYU ones they've done in the past, and then the Cougar tell flavor that benefited BYU football directly. The best part is all of them. The macros are insane, as I mentioned, 130 to 150 calories depending on the ball uh, bar, excuse me, between four and six grams of sugar, but more importantly, between 17 and 18 grams of protein packed into each one of these built bars. They're absolutely incredible, and the best. Part Part is you don't have to go online and place your order now. You can stop into your local Smith's or Sam's Club today to pick up your built Bars. They have four-bar packs available now at Smith's or a 13-bar bulk pack available at Sam's Club. If you don't mind waiting, you can still go online to built.com, place your order there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-15 for 15% off your order. But once again, if you want the built Bars right now, you need them in your life right now, stop by your local Smith's and or Sam's Club today and get enjoying the best-tasting protein bars with our friends at Built Bar. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you, by the way, for all your sports. It's been a really, really fun week here on the podcast. A lot of fun to have spring ball back in our lives. And coming up on our Monday edition of the show, I will get that interview from Malik Moore to you guys. It was a fun conversation with him. You're going to enjoy it. This is a kid who's got all kinds of personality. I honestly don't know why he doesn't push to do more NIL stuff, but we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about him returning for essentially a second senior season. He got knocked out in the fourth game last year, decided to redshirt, and make a run at it again this year. A guy that BYU very much will benefit on their with benefit from on their defense. We'll get that interview to you guys on Monday. All right, a couple of notes before we go on today's show. BYU and Creighton had their game uh, yesterday canceled due to snow in Omaha. They have now uh, changed the schedule. They will play Creighton still. They're going to play uh, today at two o'clock central time. So depending on when you're listening to this, this game might already have happened. Uh, so March tenth, two o'clock central time. That's one o'clock mountain time. But the game is actually being now moved from Omaha, Nebraska, to Lawrence, Kansas. They're going to the home of the Kansas Jayhawks to play what will be a now a two-game series between the Blue Jays and the Cougars. Uh, the second game will be uh, tomorrow on Saturday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. That's noon Central Standard Time. Obviously, BYU Radio will have a full call of those games for you guys. Also, as I mentioned, the BYU alumni rosters are out for the alumni games. It's will be taking place on Friday, March 31st. should be a really, really fun time. The best part is they've got some really, really Really big names uh, coming to take uh, part in this. Ty Detmer. John Beck are quarterbacks uh, for uh, uh, these teams. They're going to be the starting quarterbacks is what I should say for Team Royal and Team Navy. More than 60 players, former BYU Cougars, have to take the field again at Lavelle Edwards Stadium with Team Royal taking on Team Navy. Uh, there will be other guys like Matt Berry, Max Hall, just down the list. Uh, let's see, T- Denver is uh, teaming up with Max Hall and Matt Berry to quarterback Team Royal. Beck is joined by Brandon Doman to lead Team Navy. Uh, Hall and Doman are back once again after playing in last year's game after the two former starters uh, combined a quarterback the winning side a year ago. Uh, many of you will recall that game-winning touchdown that may or may not have counted because it might have been across the the line of scrimmage. But nonetheless, it's going to be a fun, fun event. The best part is it's going to begin at three o'clock uh, with BYU's annual spring scrimmage or what they're quantifying as their spring game, and then at 5 o'clock, that alumni game will take place. I am planning on being out there for both events. I would encourage you guys to also make sure you're out there as well. Some other notable names on these rosters, you can go to BYUCougars.com and read up on it. Uh, guys like Andrew George, Daniel Coates, Margin Hooks, Kaipo McGuire. Uh, by the way, I think Kaipo McGuire actually is now like a Air Force. Uh, he works for the Air Force Academy. He's like a commissioned officer in the United States Air Force Academy. Good to have him back. Uh, James Dye and his son Trey Dye will be taking Part. Uh, the Jurgens twins will be taking part. Aleva Hefo. Uh, Keenan Ellis, the guy who got knocked out in that game against Arizona just uh, what, two seasons ago, he is going to return to play in this. Gennaro Guilford, BYU's current cornerbacks coach, will suit up. Uh, Dewey Gray, Derwin Gray, is coming back to BYU to take part in this as well. Uh, the Papinga brothers, Brady Papinga and Kelly Papinga, Cameron Jensen, Andrew Rich, man, I go down the list. Dennis Pitta, Zach Colley, Austin Colley, There are some phenomenal, phenomenal former Cougars taking part in this, and last year's event I'm not sure any of us, myself included, knew how great of an event it was going to be. And I think BYU struck lightning in a bottle. And they have more guys now signing up to play in this than they ever have. And I think that will continue to be a hallmark of BYU spring balls, having these alumni games. Have former Cougars come back and enjoy it. Biggest thing is I'm going to encourage every single one of them, just like myself, stretch liberally over the next few weeks. Make sure you're doing as much cardio and stretching as you can. so we don't want any torn Achilles, ACLs, or any other injuries, if we can afford it uh, on that front. All right final thing before we go on today's show is we kick off now the 2014 season for BYU and our look back at all 155 games in BYU football history. It was a game that BYU for the second straight year made a trip to the Eastern Time Zone. They obviously lost in 2013 in that season opener in a deluge against Virginia. They refused to let that happen once again as they traveled to UConn to take on the Connecticut Huskies. Uh, BYU ran away with a 35-10 win. Taysom Hill was absolutely phenomenal in this game. Uh, Passing for 308 yards. uh, He had 8.6 8.6 yards per attempt making 20 uh, completing excuse me 28 of his 36 attempts looked absolutely phenomenal three touchdowns zero interceptions but also added 12 carries excuse me 12 carries, 97 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. Five total touchdowns, all of them accounted for by Taysom Hill. A really, really great game, especially considering BYU is playing uh, with a number of guys suspended. Jamal Williams, Devin Blackman, if you guys might recall, had announced their own suspension for honor code violations. Marcus Johnson, Jordan Johnson, and Robertson Daniel also suspended for this game. Uh, uh, Jordan Johnson and Robertson Daniel actually BYU starting corners, and Jordan Johnson was a guy from the Northeast uh, going back home ostensibly to play in that game and for him to miss that game really tough deal but Uh, BYU ran away with it. Bob Diaco, if you remember that, was the new head coach of Connecticut. And I'm going to get things going with UConn. Yeah, nobody's gotten anything going with UConn outside of what Jim Mora Jr. did last year. But really, really good win for BYU to kick off their 2014 season. Now, many of you might recall the 2014 season started with so much promise because Taysom Hill, coming off what was ultimately his only healthy season as a starting quarterback at BYU, the hype train going into the season was okay. What can BYU do? And obviously, you're supposed to be Connecticut. They're they're not necessarily the same caliber as you as a BYU football program, but it was the next game. BYU, for the second straight year, was facing off against the University of Texas in the second game of the season this time, though, they were headed to DKR Memorial in Austin, Texas. I was at that game. We'll talk about what happened in that one tomorrow as BYU started the season 1-0 with that win in UConn. right, that's going to do it for today, a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys have had a fantastic week. I will try and do my best to get maybe a special edition out to you guys after practice this evening. Maybe we'll do a Twitter spaces or something on social media to talk more about what I took away. We'll figure something out. But regardless, on Monday, look forward to having Malik Moore as our uh, one-on-one interview. We'll have more of those throughout spring ball. Very thankful to BYU Sports Information for allowing me the access to go out and do this type of stuff and always appreciate them uh, being able to acquiesce to my request. But Nonetheless, thank you once again for joining us all week long. Continue to join us every single day and thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Check out Locked On Big 12 now. Make it your second listen. Our friends over there, Josh Neighbors and the crew on Locked On Big 12 do a great job covering all the news in the Big 12 Conference. The conference tournament ongoing. Get caught up on that and so anything with Big 12 football Josh will have you cover get that free and available wherever you get your podcast it's also available on YouTube so until next time whether it's tonight tomorrow monday regardless hope you guys are doing well this has been the locked on cougars podcast see ya